turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Hello, friends, and welcome to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, and we've got a couple of very special guests in the studio today. We have Rich Blum, the head pastor of Bethel Community Church in Washuga, Washington, and we also have the assistant pastor, Chuck Baxter. So welcome, gentlemen. How are you both today? Great. Good to Doing be with you. Great. Great to be here. Thanks for coming on down from Washuga, and we've got some great news for all of our listeners WordWise is Rich's program. It's going to launch this Sunday at 9.30 in the morning, and you'll be hearing Rich's teachings and preaching every week on our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ. Again, that's every Sunday at 9.30 starting this weekend. So we're very excited about WordWise launching in the first place, Rich. But I want to start off with who you are and how you got here in the first place. So uh, can you share that with our listeners? Where did you grow up in the first place? Well, where I grew up is in uh, Michigan, Grand Blanc, Michigan, and I, I, I still see myself from Michigan. As a matter of fact, I'm a Detroit Lions fan, and so you can feel sorry for me. Oh, I do. I saw that game. Okay, that was a travesty, and I've seen at least three different videos of botched calls. Now, granted, as a father of athlete wannabe kids, I will always teach them, you honor and you respect your coaches, and you realize that umpires and referees will never be perfect, so you got to kind of do extra to make sure your team is in the best position to win so that when these glitches come across, you'll still have a better chance of being on top. But that was pretty flagrant, in my opinion. It was the pass interference call and a, a missed hold. And, and anytime a, a referee comes on the air, announces the call, and all of a sudden he picks the flag up and doesn't say anything. I, I don't remember ever seeing that before. Yeah. That was just flat-out bizarre. So as, as a Lions fan, what were you thinking when you saw this Dallas game. <laughs> well, I felt a little ripped off, but to be honest with you, I've been a Lions fan all my life, which means I'm used to disappointment. Is that like Chicago Cubs in baseball? Were you expecting yeah. it? Yeah, I was expecting something to go wrong. Like that Cheers episode when Cliff Clavin had some monstrous big amount of, of money on Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then Norm, Norm uh, bumped into Woody at, right before Final Jeopardy. He says, but we better leave now. Yeah. And why? Why? Just trust me on this. You were expecting it to a degree for poor Detroit. Is I was it? expecting it. I was waiting for the, the, the shoe to drop, so to speak, and for something to go wrong. And unfortunately, I was not disappointed. So, so go figure. But so, hey, congratulations to Dallas. There you go. They're a better team. So are you a big football fan? You're, you're a tall fellow at the very least. I, I like sports. Uh, I like football. And uh, matter of fact, I I like the Ohio State Buckeyes because both my parents graduated from Ohio State, so I apologize to all the Oregon Duck fans out there. But we still love you. So Chuck Baxter, what's your opinion on this uh, national championship football game we have? Are you more of a, a Ducks or a Bucks fan? Well, I guess I'm pulling for Oregon, but I used to live in Spokane, so I'm really more of a Coug fan. But, uh, yeah, Pac-12, is, that's, my, that's my support there. 
So we have our loyalties here. So, so Rich, how long have you been at Bethel Community Church in Washougal? I've been there a little over four and a half years now. And Chuck, as the assistant pastor, what's your tenure been at Bethel? About three years. Uh, retired. May came down to this area to be involved in some kind of ministry and uh, went to Bethel, saw a need there, and started got, getting involved with Rich. And then they put me on part-time and assistant type of situation. So in retirement years, but actively serving the Lord. And, oh, that's great. So, good, a good church. So assistant pastor Chuck Baxter, where were you before you came to Bethel and Washougal? Uh, we were in uh, Spokane, Washington for 23 years, pastored there. And the uh, Lord blessed us and had great, great experience there, raised our kids there. And so coming down to the Portland area was coming back because we were down here for seminary training uh, back in the uh, 60s, graduated 68, 69, went to Western Seminary. So we're familiar with the Portland area. My wife went to Multnomah. Uh, so we have a connection here. Coming back to this area was good. So retirement, Having, well... Yeah, for retirement from full-time status right. was a bit of a homecoming for you and your family. Right. Well, my wife said, find something to do. And uh, <laughs> I, drove school bus. You home or something? <laughs> I drove, school, drove school bus for a year, and I said, Lord, get me back in the ministry quick. Although that was a ministry, too, to get back out into the culture and, and uh, witness for the Lord. So it's been a good experience for us, especially Bethel has really taken us in. It's a really family feel there. So. Oh, well, that's neat. So did you us. two immediately hit it off when you first met? Well, I, I felt we were really blessed by Chuck coming to us, and we saw this uh, man with all of this quality, uh, biblical knowledge, uh, a history. And at the same time, while he was driving a bus, and that is fantastic, we thought maybe God had something else in mind for him. And so he kind of just brought us together at the right time. It was clearly a God thing. It was one of those things, here comes this guy walking in who's been driving a bus, who's been a pastor, a very popular pastor for many years up in Spokane. And he wants to do ministry at the same time. We're kind of thinking we need some help. And it just kind of seemed like God did it. His time is just perfect. It was perfect. Well, in Bethel uh, was a church. I just said church is building. Uh, there was a time when Rich came. The church was down fairly small, mainly older people. And so God brought Rich and Gene and the family here. And God's done a wonderful thing in seeing that church grow and catch a vision for the community. When Sharon and I started coming, I just wanted to be involved in ministry. I, I wasn't looking for a position. I just said, Lord, I want to be serving you. And Rich said, come on, we can use you. And uh, so it's been a great, great uh, journey with him and with the church to see what God's doing and, in a sense, resurrecting a church to make a com- uh, good impact on that community. And one of the neat things that you do at Bethel Community Church in Washougal is you're not just about your own four walls and congregation. In fact, the churches in your area and in Camas, are pretty tightly knit together, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, I have a pastor's fellowship that these guys, one of the pastors calls it his recovery group, and I can relate to that because we get together, we are very honest, uh, there's not a whole lot of ego going on, and we've kind of made an agreement. Uh, it's not always stated, but the, the thought being that we're co-pastors in Camas and Washougal of God's church. So it's not hey, I'm at Bethel, or I'm at this church, or I'm at that church. It's we are pastors working together in God's church in Camas and Washougal. So we see ourselves more as co-pastors and cohorts, certainly than competitors. So we work in cooperation for the common goal. The way I look at it, there's a lot of people in, in Washougal and Camas who don't know the Lord. There's a lot of people who have not connected with the church body. If all of our churches doubled, tripled, quadrupled in size, we still haven't begun to reach the number of people we need to reach. Amen. So Amen. there's plenty of uh, plenty of opportunity. 
I love the fact that you work together so well and so frequently. So can you mention some of the things that you're doing in the community recently? Yeah. As a matter of fact, this is a plug for anybody in Canvas and Washugo who wants a free meal, <laughs> who needs a, who's hungry and needs a free meal. We're working with another church in the area called Living Purpose Church. And, and we're feeding some people every Friday night, along with about seven or eight total churches in the area, taking different evenings uh, of working with the city and with the schools, which I think is fantastic. And what we're doing is we're providing meals um, each Friday night from 4 to 5 p.m. For anybody who's hungry, we've identified a great need in the Washougal area of people who are hungry and who could use a meal. And what I like about it is you have churches working together without any ego, without any, it's got to be about our church. And I think it speaks volumes to the community that Christ Church is working together uh, in order to meet a need in the community because we love the community. You know, my desire would be uh, such that if we, if we were to disappear, the community would grieve our loss because we are that involved in the community and that impactful in the community. And we're not the only church that feels that way. So what we've done is we've connected with other churches who feel that way, and we're working together. So was this a result of your regular pastoral meetings? For instance, a lot of churches go out and they do great things individually when it comes to food banks and programs and free dinners and things like that. Why is it different in the Washougal Camas area that you've decided to band together as a unified front? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. We, there was a, a woman who was uh, uh, not a doctor, but a, what is it, nurse's uh, assistant uh, or a doctor's assistant. And, and what she did is, is she got all the, the churches together and said, we need to do a compassion clinic together. So we host a compassion clinic, but that was kind of the seed that got all the pastors saying, we need to meet, we need to work together. And we just developed close relationship with one another through that time. We pray together. Every time we get together, we get together twice a month. And when we get together, we get together for uh, an hour and a half, and we spend over half of that time just praying for one another, praying for the community, seeking God's heart for the community, and seeing how we can change the community together. So we, we work together, and it just formed a close friendship. And has that been happening since you moved here in the first place? It happened when about that the begin? same time. It, happened, it started about the same time I got here. I had nothing to do with it, but uh, it, it started about the same time I got here. And so we've developed that close relationship for over four years now. We're speaking with Pastor Rich Blum, who's the head pastor of Bethel Community Church in Washuga, Washington. That's over on B Street by the police department, right? Yeah, it's right across from the fire department and the police department. Right in the heart of Washuga. If you'd like to call the church for more information, their number is 360-835-8714. We also have Assistant Pastor Chuck Baxter in the house, and we're thrilled to announce our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ, airing the debut of Pastor Rich's new program, WordWise, that'll air every Sunday at 9.30. Thanks for listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here, the Director of Local Ministries on True Talk 800, and also on our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ, where WordWise debuts this Sunday morning at 9.30 in the morning with your host, Pastor Rich Blum, who is the head pastor of Bethel Community Church in Washougal, Washington. Also in studio today is Assistant Pastor Chuck Baxter. So thanks so much for joining us today, gentlemen. Uh, Before the break, we were talking about different ways the church, not a church or a congregation, but the church, brothers and sisters in Christ, Christ lovers, Christ followers as a whole, are teaming up together to try to impact the community. 
So can you get back to what you were doing in the Washougal area and talk more about your involvement with the schools as well as with your food programs? Yeah, we really want to be connected to the schools and support the schools and let the, the schools know that we are supportive. As a matter of fact, there's everyone talks about the separation of church and state, and, and we all know that's a big debate in our culture. But I, I like the idea, and it's been modeled uh, in Portland at the break. You, you, we were talking here, and you mentioned the Undivided film, and it's been, it's been modeled already, the idea of, okay, there's this separation of church and state. No matter what we think of that, wherever that line is, instead of going, having the school and community go as far away from that line as possible, and the church go as far away from that line as possible so that there's this huge divide, can we come right up to that line to where we can shake hands and work in cooperation with one another over mutual goals? And so that's really what we're trying to do. We've, we've adopted Excelsior High School uh, uh, in, in Washougal. Uh, we try to connect as well uh, with all the schools in the community. And, and a number of the churches have also gotten together. At the last couple of summers, we've helped a program, a Washougal School District, do their summer program by us providing some of the volunteers for that. So the church get together, they're providing the volunteers so that the school can do the program that they want to do. And, and so they know that we care about them. They know that we're concerned about our, our schools. They know that we're concerned about those students, that we love them, that we're supportive of them. And yes, we identify clearly with Jesus Christ and who he is, but they see us in action so that they, kind of the old, the adage, they'll know how much, you know, you care when they see, when they see it, when they see it lived out. So we're trying to live it out. Uh, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So we're just trying to follow Jesus' footsteps in that area. If you're curious about the movie we're referring to, it's Undivided. You can find out more information at the websites, beundivided.com. And there's another one, undividedthemovie.com. So, gentlemen, do you believe that what South Lake was able to get rolling in the Roosevelt High School area Amazing. helped kind of open up some more doors for we being the church for public schools out there? Yeah, I, I think they did. I'm not sure. I simply am unaware of how much the school district in Washougal or Camas is of undivided film, but I think the churches are. So the churches get to respond and and say we're gonna we're gonna do something about this, so that we are a blessing to the community, and they see Jesus lived out through us. So they could see that you have skin in the game. You're not all talk, but yeah. you're actually out there doing things, and it's about our actions in addition to our words and, and sharing the love of Christ with people. Yes. So what's your take on this, Chuck? Uh, well, do, you, do you believe that the public schools have gotten a little more open to the church helping it out? I think so. From my experience in different churches, part of it may be, um, it seems like over the last few years, it's been more of the reaching out to the faith-based community for help and participation in some areas that are very needy. And I know in Washougal, the uh, administrators are very much asking for help. They're, they want us to be involved with them. And Excelsior High School is a alternative high school where kids have different kinds of challenges. So maybe not with the high school in the sense of great access, although the youth pastors have that. There's a, there's a spirit and an attitude there that I don't remember too much in the years past because of this thing that Rich talked about. I think there's a, a coming together that's really beneficial for the community. So how do we, as the church, balance what we do to help people out 
and at the same time, be unashamed about our faith, and at the same time, be sensitive towards those who don't share that same faith quite yet? Yeah, and I think that's an important question. I'm going to be unashamed in telling people about my faith in Jesus. And, and people will ask, why do you do this? And that gives me the opportunity to share about Jesus, uh, even in a, in a situation where you have schools present and you, you have the opportunity to build those relationships. So I'm majorly, um, I guess, focusing on building the relationships with people in the school district, including families, in order to show Christ and share Christ. So I don't want to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think for many years the church looked at uh, different organizations, including churches, that decided they were going to be social programs, and so they did a lot of the feeding of the hungry and a lot of the reaching out, but they didn't share Jesus, and that became very intentional. Well, we're trying to say, why, why should we divide those two? Why can't we be in the community as a group of churches who love the Lord Jesus and proclaim the Lord Jesus lovingly, uh, faithfully, carefully, um, gently, respectfully, but absolutely make it clear that we belong to him and what we're doing is because of him? And I think we can. So do you think it's gotten easier overall? Because growing up, of course, I'm in my late 40s now, I never saw churches work together past the possible exception of playing together in a softball league against each other. I never really saw the camaraderie. I never saw uh, an an evergreen Presbyterian teaming up with the Salem Alliance to, to do a block of gardening in the city of Salem because they wanted to bless the community. I never really saw that growing up. I wonder if any events kind of changed people's hearts on that to make them more of an active serving fellowship. I think part of it's the smaller town uh, community feel. Um, I pastored in Pendleton. I pastored in Malala, which is southeast of Portland. And it seems to me that uh, Washougal, Camas area, has that same uh, smaller community feel to it. Um, it seems like sometimes in the the city context, the churches are more competitive, bigger churches doing their own thing kind of thing. And I think there's a spirit there where the pastors really want to be with each other. They want to pray together, encourage one another. I don't see as much a competitive spirit in those small uh, town communities. There's a more of an openness, I think. Maybe there's a, an intrinsic need to rely on each other more, which allows those barriers to come down a little further. I think so. I, I rely on the, that pastor's fellowship that I mentioned before. I, I, I rarely miss it. And when I do miss one of the meetings, I miss missing the meeting. Uh, like I said, one of the guys there says it's our recovery group. It's his recovery group. And in a lot of ways, we can go in there uh, in tears and support one another over something that's taking place. And we built the, built the relationship so that we're not worried. So they're going, oh, this, this, I'm hurting. And if I expose that, maybe this other person will take advantage of it. Maybe they'll grow at my expense. And those are some of the natural things that I think you have to get beyond if you're really going to work together in ministry. You have to care about the other church as much as your own. Uh, Like I said, it only works if everybody benefits and God is glorified in the process. But each one has to be all in. I mean, do you have a degree of confidentiality that you would see at, say, a men's group, a small group, or a community group, or what's, what's spoken in the room remains in the room? Yeah, we're very careful about that. I believe so. And do you see that type of a a meeting regularly for pastors together? 
in your case, twice a month for the Camas Washougal area. Do you see that as the exception or as the rule for the churches you see in the Pacific Northwest nowadays? I am not sure. I hope it would be the rule and not the exception. From my experience, I think we have something kind of special within that group of churches in Camas and Washougal and how we share with one another, how we're open with one another, how we pray with one another. We know that if one of us is hurting during the week, we can call one of the other guys up and say, I'm just crushed. I need, I need to meet with you. I need to talk with you. And, and they, everyone in that group knows that they've got someone there who's going to be on their side. Coming out of years in secular media, that's what I love about being here at True Talk and the KPDQ family, because with us, it's not simply all about raising ratings to raise ad dollars. We really want to make a positive impact in the community. And it seems to me that you're going to hear through mainstream media, news, internet sources, every single story about allegations against someone famous or particularly someone working in ministry or a pastoral type so much more frequently than you're going to hear a story about pastors getting together to fellowship, to lift each other up, to pray with each other to try to support each other and be transparent and honest with each other. You don't hear that many stories. And I think it's very disproportionate to the real world, what we see on television especially, where all they're doing is really trying to shock and awe, raise ratings and, and raise add dollars as a, as a result of that. So I'm very encouraged that you and the other pastors in Washougal and Camas are doing this so regularly. So let's just say a pastor or a ministry leader is listening right now. Do you have any words of wisdom or advice to encourage such regular fellowship and transparency and sharpening of each other? Yeah. First of all, I think it takes a commitment. Every one of us in that group who are regular have other things we can be doing. As a matter of fact, it, it's always an inconvenience. We, we meet at one thirty on a Wednesday, the first and third Wednesday of the month, and there's always something else I can be doing. There's always a more pressing need. So I'm committed to the relationships with those guys. The second thing is I think it was really trying to have an attitude that it is not about me. God does not need me. I can drop off the face of the earth tomorrow, and God is just fine. Thank you. So I, I think it is an understanding that we are co-pastors and that we, by encouraging each other, we all benefit. The community is blessed. The word goes forth with more power. And God is glorified through his church working together in unity. And I think that if you have to have that vision. So there's a commitment and there's a vision. Those two things have to go hand in hand. When the commitment and the vision is there and you have other people who share that commitment and that vision, amazing things can happen. So you have a shared commitment and a shared vision. And Assistant Pastor Chuck Baxter, do you attend these meetings also from time uh, to time? No, I don't. Uh, I'm only the church part-time. Um, I was thinking, though, as Rich was sharing there, um, there's a phrase that I use with the men at our men's meeting uh, over and over again. Men, we need each other. And my experience as a pastor is I need other pastors. I need uh, not only their prayer, I need to uh, understand ministry with them. Pastors pretty limited who he can share with. So, And I would encourage pastors of larger churches to realize that we need them, smaller churches, but they need us, too. For ministry. So is this a pretty diverse group of churches getting together when it comes to size and denomination and style type language? Yeah, we've got charismatic, conservative, um, non-denominational, uh, baptistic to, yeah, there's, there's a wide range. There's not a lot of us. I don't want to give us the, the idea that there's hundreds of us meeting. 
uh, there's six or seven that are particularly committed. And as a result of that commitment, though, we're able to pull in sometimes other churches, too, to work together in some of the community outreaches that we do. So I, I think it's, it's really powerful that way and the attraction it has towards other people to get involved. I'm encouraged by what you do and get together. And I'm also excited about WordWise, your ministry program debuting on our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ this Sunday and every Sunday at 930 in the morning. Thanks so much for listening to Pastor Rich and Pastor Chuck right here on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here, and the great news we have coming up is on our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ-FM. It's the debut of WordWise this Sunday and every Sunday morning at 930. It features head pastor Rich Blom of Bethel Community Church in Washuga, Washington. Also in studio today, we have the assistant pastor, veteran Chuck Baxter, so... Chuck, can you tell us a little bit about Bethel Community Church in Washougal? Well, Bethel, uh, when we first came to visit, uh, one of the first things that impressed us was uh, a warm welcome, uh, family spirit. We came from a church in Spokane that was like that. And uh, it wasn't just the greeting at the door. You just sensed uh, when the sharing time or after the service that people were genuinely interested in you. And I think... I think it's reflective of Pastor Rich and Gina because they're warm and loving people. And I know there are some pastors that are pretty much, uh, shall I say, aloof uh, because they're so focused on ministry and and maybe even preaching. But uh, being involved with the people, being uh, relational is so critical. And we saw that from the first time we were there. And I think that's one of the things that makes Bethel unique and special. And your experience as a retired full-time pastor, that gives you a different insight on what Pastor Rich is doing than the average person. So have there been any aspects of Pastor Rich's teaching that really stand out to you or that you find real admirable? Well, um, again, back to the friendship side, someone has said that uh, truth travels across the bridge of relationship. So I think that's the thing that Rich works at. Even sometimes we have to get him out of the auditorium visiting with people so we can get the service started, which is great because he's involved with people, loving people. But I think one of the things about Rich is that he has a good knowledge of the Word. He teaches the Word, a special interest and ability in the area of apologetics, and really wanting people to understand uh, that we have a a Bible we can trust. We have a salvation that is... uh, uh, true by way of scriptural uh, definition of the gospel. So I think uh, one of those things about Rich is uh, his convictions, but yet not a th- coming across as uh, I-know-it-all authoritative, but a genuine sense of conviction with his own heart and mind and love for the Word of God and the importance of people understanding that. He has a passion to see people discipled, uh, seeing people not just coming to faith in Christ but growing in their faith. And I think that's the important part. So many churches are focused on initial salvation, introducing someone to the Lord, which is a beautiful thing. When you have a course of angels crying out in praise in heaven, that's not a bad thing, and I'm not trying to make it sound negative. And at the same time, though, it seems a lot of the churches I personally encountered have had zero in the mentoring department. 
show up on Sunday, get your God fix in, and good luck the rest of the week. <laughs> but you guys really aren't like that, are you, Rich? Well, I certainly hope not. That's not what we try to be. Our, our mission statement, our vision statement, is helping people to become faithful followers of Jesus Christ. And we take that very seriously. I take that very seriously. So coming to Christ is the starting point, and it is, of course, critical. But we want to help them become faithful followers. We want them uh, discipled, mentored into the truth, that they would know why they believe what they believe, and they would be exercising their faith in the relationship with others, uh, in the relationship with God on a daily basis. So I, I want people growing deep in an understanding of who Jesus is and the relationship with him. So the belief in and of itself is a good thing, but without that foundation of knowing why you believe, what you believe, somewhere down the line, that's going to rub wrongly. So, so as, as a father, tell us about your family, and I'll, I'm going to stretch that into how we can approach this generation in a way that's relevant to it without forsaking the word. Uh, it's, first of all, my family, uh, I almost don't know where to begin. I guess I should start with Gina, my wife, who is, if anybody meets us, they know within seconds that I married up. Okay, hey, I married man, up. They hey, know man. that. They know that right away. Pastor Chuck's confirming that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's not a secret to anybody. Uh, she's a very gifted individual, um, beautiful inside and out. I'm, I'm very lucky that way. So where did fortunate. you meet in the first place? Where did we meet in the first place? Well, actually, we met in a, con- a ministry context. Uh, we met at uh, Southern Gables Church in Colorado. And uh, she was very active in ministry. I was told that she wasn't available, that she was dating someone. So I kind of put it off my radar. I thought, well, this is a beautiful, cool person. But, hey, she's in a relationship, and that sounds like it's pretty serious. So I just kind of forgot about it. What did, I didn't know— Do you know, think that allowed it to be more honest and grassroots? Because you weren't playing any games, because no, she was already taken. She was already taken. So you, did, you weren't really competing. You were just being rich. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I— <laughs> When I did ask somebody out, because I, I wasn't doing a lot of dating, I actually asked out her best friend first. <laughs> <laughs> and that is still a source of conflict today. <laughs> um, but uh, I didn't realize at that time that she was available, uh, that, that there was, she wasn't in a relationship. I had gotten bad information. It was based on old news. And she was actually hoping I'd ask her out. Now, there's sermon material in yeah, and of itself. And I asked out her best friend instead. <laughs> uh, so it, it didn't start well that way. But eventually, God worked it out. Now, did the best friend end up in her wedding party or something, or what? No, I think they're still friends today, <laughs> but I have to be careful what I say there, because that could be a sore spot, especially if my wife happens to be listening right now. <laughs> now, Pastor Chuck, how, how about them ducks? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> so, Rich, uh, how many kids do you have? We have three kids. Our oldest is Brandon, our second is Emily, and our youngest is Stephen. And they all have a, a faith in the Lord that is encouraging to me. They're just wonderful kids. They're just great kids. They're kind-hearted kids. They they uh, love Jesus. They're um, I, I don't know, I couldn't. I'm, I'm very blessed because I don't have. And, and I feel for those who have situations where they have a wayward child. I have yet to have that, and I'm just very thankful that I haven't had to experience that. I hope I never do have to experience that because I love my children deeply, and we're we're a fun family. We like to do things together, such as. We're outdoors people. Uh, if we have an extra day off or whatever it might be, we're going to go to the to the go hiking in the hills, or we're going to go to the beach, or we're going to do something outdoors. Is very likely what's going to happen. We're going to go to a, a nature walk somewhere to a wildlife refuge. Uh, that's just kind of where we're, our passion is as a family. Seems like you have a lot of fun together. We have fun together. We do. 
Did they ever give you any good insights, maybe not necessarily about your sermon material, but through just life happenings and what their friends think, what their generation hears? Yeah, you know, I, I, my children give me a ton of insight. Sometimes as a father, I always remember one time I was watching TV, and it was probably a football game. And I had one of my children wanting to share something with me that was obviously very important to them. And I'm wrapped up in this game. And I remember, no, it's my daughter, because she literally took my, my, my face with her hands and she redirected my face to her eyes. Mm-hmm. And I realized, okay, I just, I just blew it. I need to stop what I'm doing <laughs> and I need to focus on her. So it was probably the Lions anyway. They were going to lose. <laughs> they were going to lose anyway. <laughs> yeah. Pay attention to the kid, yeah. right? But uh, I, I've learned a lot, not just through our kids, but we have a, a number of youth in our church that's just delightful. And I do have a background in, in youth ministry. I, I, I love working with youth. It's still perhaps my favorite area uh, of people to work with because I think the challenges are so great. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'm tired of losing students when they go to college because they lose their faith in college. And so we're working very actively, uh, proactively to make sure they know why they believe what they believe so that when they come across perhaps a liberal professor or somebody who wants to uh, tear apart their faith, they're prepared. They know the Bible is real and true, and they know why that is the case. Uh, and so that's something that uh, I've tried to instill in my own children, but also children within the church. So by the grace of God alone, thankfully, your kids appear to be walking pretty strongly right now. Yes, I will give all the credit to God. Did any experience come across you or any natural strengths precipitate this this need to make sure this generation was on solid ground? Yeah, like I said, I, I've had I've had I've worked with youth in the past. I remember one um, student in particular coming back from from college, and I hadn't talked to him since he had graduated. And he came up to see me, and I asked him how he was doing, and he pretty much told me he had punted on his faith because he learned it was all not true. And in the story, he went on to tell me how he had come 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 across a professor who who let him know um, this this particular verse in the Bible we know is not true, and here's why we know it's not true. Now there was an answer. He didn't know the answer, but that's all it took to derail him. And so he and I had a long talk, and I, I, I kind of asked him at one point, I said, that's all it took? That's all it took? And that was a wake-up call to me. It's like, we have to have them prepared. We can't have them a mile wide and an inch deep when it comes to Scripture. We've got to have them a mile deep in Scripture. And, and that's just something we have to do where we can lose them. So if there's one thing you could challenge the modern-day church on when it comes to this generation, which I am more sensitive toward because I've got kids under my roof, what would you tell them? How do you find that balance of fun fellowship to bring those who don't know the Lord in without giving up mentoring and strengthening a walk with Christ? Yeah, well, again, there's, there's vision. We're helping people become faithful followers of Jesus Christ. That includes our youth. That is our primary goal. Even the, the fun activities, and we want to do fun activities to draw them in, that still has the purpose of helping them to become faithful followers of Jesus Christ. So know what your purpose is and what the vision is and what Jesus has called us to do, and then act on it. And, and I think that's important for these students, too. So in our last minute here, I want to talk about WordWise debuting this Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. on 93.9 KPDQ. And you wrote a description of it saying, this program is an expositional look at Scripture, and we'll get back to the word expositional on our next segment, drawing out truth from the Bible and applying it to our lives today. So that's not just for the youth, or the 20-somethings. That's for all of us, isn't it? 
Yes, it is. Absolutely. So Pastor Chuck, Assistant Pastor at Bethel Community Church in Washougal, Washington. Do you have anything that you'd like to share about Pastor Rich as we uh, head on out to the break? Well, I think the one thing is Rich has a vision. And uh, one of the things about Bethel, and I think churches in general today, is uh, the Sunday morning only a mindset and try to help people uh, want to be move beyond just a Sunday morning worship experience and get involved deeper. And so we're we're working at that at Bethel, and churches in general are working. But Rich has a passion for that, and we keep trying to nurture people in a greater commitment and greater involvement in study of the Word. More with Pastor Rich Blum and Pastor Chuck Baxter next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Thanks for joining Difference Makers on True Talk 800 with Assistant Pastor Chuck Baxter from Bethel Community Church in Washuga, Washington, and Head Pastor Rich Blum, who is also the host of Worldwise, debuting this Sunday morning at 9.30 on our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ. Before the break, Pastor Chuck, you were talking with your years of experience, formerly as a head pastor, and now retired in, in an assistant pastor setup of how you're enjoying what you're doing at Bethel in Washougal and working alongside Pastor Rich. Would you like to expand upon that? Well, when you've uh, spent 40 years of your ministry as the head pastor, and now you become the assistant, uh, sliding under another man's ministry and understanding his passion and his focus has been an adjustment. But it's been exciting to, one, not have that heavy pressure on me all the time, and the week-by-week preparation, but to preach on occasion, to teach, to be involved with administrative things, and uh, and the time that I have to be actively involved in the harvest. When Jesus comes, I want to be busy. I want to be serving him. So the fact that they put me on staff part-time and pay me a little bit, that's great, but uh, it's just being involved in ministry. And I found a rich, um, someone that really isn't into his own ego. He's not into... Uh, his kingdom, he's into wanting to get the ministry accomplished. And a lot of guys are threatened by an older pastor. And so I, I think uh, we've had our interchange and interaction trying to share together. And it's been a just for me to say, I need to understand more and more what Rich is passionate for. And uh, so it's been a, been a good experience for me, but it's kept me active in serving the Lord. And I praise the Lord for that. And I'm five minutes from home, so I can't beat that. Well, hopefully you and your wife will be able to get some good relaxation times and from time to time. But I get the gut feeling that you'll never, ever really fully be retired. You're always going to have your foot no, in something. I can answer that. He will never. <laughs> he's he's committed to, to serving, and I think it's a good example for someone, I don't want to give his age away, uh, that is past 60. <laughs> 73 and still rolling. <laughs> okay, he gave his age away. Man, you wear it well. My goodness. Yeah, he he, he holds it well, doesn't he? He looks, he looks great. But— I love that he is active in ministry and he is not slowing down at all. And I think that speaks volume. He's a good example to others as someone who's just committed to Jesus, who's going to, he's going to be taking his last breath, serving Jesus somehow. I want to be like that too. Amen to that. Well, Assistant Pastor Chuck Baxter was mentioning, Rich, that the church had gone from very small and mostly on the older side yeah. to really growing. So def- what is your definition of small and what is it currently, and what has led to this expansion? Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember how many exactly we had when I first got there, but I'm going to put it in the 50 ballpark. There were some Sundays where there might have only been 50 
or so people there. And, and today it's about 200 uh, on the average, and it's, it's a, a number of, of, of younger people who have come into the church. Uh, why it has grown, I give the credit to God uh, 100%. I, I really do. I don't know what I'm doing uh, as a general rule. I know what I want to do. Uh, I, I know what our vision is. I know how we're supposed to try to accomplish that. I definitely have a drive to see helping people become faithful followers of Jesus Christ happen. We have staff that's trying to do that, too. We have elders and leadership that is, has completely bought into that vision. And so we're about that vision, but God is definitely causing the growth. Well, he's certainly done a good job through you, and I pray that it continues, not only through your church, but also through your radio ministry. So I have to ask you what the bottom line question is for Difference Makers is, why do you do what you do? Why did you, be, why did you become a pastor, much less a reluctant radio host, come this weekend? Reluctance is probably a good word, Mike. Uh, <laughs> not just on, on radio, but uh, in pastoral ministry. I, I was actually uh, licensed to the gospel ministry against my will, if, if, if you can uh, picture that. I was helping with a, a ministry in Colorado, a campus ministry at that time. Uh, I was a student at University of Northern Colorado, and uh, I had a guy who mentored me who did a great job of investing in me. I, I owe so much to him. And he and another guy uh, who was the interim pastor at the church that I was at said, Rich, we think you've been called to the gospel ministry. And I said, you're crazy. That was really kind of my response. Mm-hmm. There is no way. I've got plans, uh, and that is not part of the plans that I have for my life. And the guy who uh, uh, was discipling me in the campus ministry said, you know, I, he goes, I can't pay you. I want you to be on his volunteer staff. You get a job. And he goes, I want you to take a year after you graduate, and I want you to help me in the ministry here, and I just want you to see what happens if you do that. And it was the course of doing that that I couldn't help but to think, I don't want to do anything else. This is what I want to do. I want my, I want my life to count in this way for the kingdom of God. So I, I got into ministry, or got into seminary, and started planning towards full-time ministry at that point. But it was very reluctant until God pretty much showed me through other people that, for whatever reason, he's decided to use me in that way. And you have no idea why, but you know what happened. <laughs> I know. And, and you've been running with it ever since. Yeah. I, even this idea of a radio program is, is funny to me. And I'll tell you a real brief story why this is funny to me. Uh, when I was in seminary, it was a disaster when it came to homiletics. Homiletic, homiletics is, is learning how to preach. And you're in seminary for two years, and then you go to uh, this homiletics class the way we did it. And, and what you do is you learn how to preach, and you preach in front of your peers and your professor, and you're videotaped, and they, they uh, grade you, and they give you advice and that kind of thing. Well, it was a disaster, an absolute disaster. Not only was I the worst in the class, and I'm not exaggerating— People were closing their eyes praying for me. I remember one time as I was talking, I didn't know what I was saying. The illustration made no sense. I was probably saying heresy just because I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, I, see the, I see my professor, my seminary professor, and he closes his eyes, and he's praying for me because it's that bad. And I remember talking to him after one, one of those episodes, and I said, you see how bad this is. What am I going to do? I can't do this. I have no gifts. I have no talents along these lines. This is a disaster. This is what I was planning to do in my life. I have invested two years in this, and now I've got to find someone else to do because I'm that bad. And I'll always remember what he said to me because it was life-changing. He said, Rich, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's bad. He goes, it's, it's really not very good. He goes, this is, this isn't, this is not a, a high moment for you. He said, but do you believe God's called you to do this? And I remember telling him, his name was Scott, and I said, Scott, yes, absolutely. I do believe God's called me this. He said, Rich, you can't do this. 
but do you believe that God can do this through you? And that changed my life because I believe God could. Amen. So what did you do after that? Well, after that, I got back up on the, the horse, so to speak, in the saddle, if you will, and I, I decided to apply myself and believe that God could eventually work through me to proclaim his word. And I worked hard at it, but I also prayed a lot, depended on God, and I believe that uh, he did make the changes that are necessary for me to be effective as a communicator of his word. If there's one thing I've had to learn over the years is, no matter what my opinion is, God's going to use what God's going to use. Yeah. And I love the fact that you are a reluctant pastor and radio host and, and that God's brought you here. Because we know it's not about you. It's about you being obedient to what you believe God's calling in your life is and, and the lives you can touch as a result of that. So in our final three minutes, let's get back to Assistant Pastor Chuck Baxter. Chuck, do you believe that Rich's preaching on WordWise and his teaching style that'll be on KPDQ Sundays at 930 will be somewhat similar to, uh, to his everyday walk at Bethel Community Church in Washougal, Washington? I think uh, Rich comes through as real, and uh, I, I think um, people love him and respect him because of who he is. Uh, then again, like I said before, that's the bridge over which the scripture flows. But uh, no, I think people will respond because uh, they, they we're living in a generation where the ego is a big thing. And, and, I, and I think in the context of not just the secular world, but the Christian world, when a guy gets to thinking too much about himself, he's in trouble. And I think of Paul, I think of uh, Moses, I think of some of the men that God used in a powerful way over the years where people realize God... I can't do this. I need you. And the more we stay at that level of dependence, the more we pray, the more we yield to the Holy Spirit, the more we ask God to do the work. And I think that's uh, what God's doing at Bethel. So whether it's this pastor's meeting that you go to every couple of weeks or having Assistant Pastor Chuck Baxter and your stalwart host of elders and mentors alongside you. I don't think, Rich Blum, that you're ever going to have an ego problem, at least not very easily if these guys can control it. So thank you for joining us, not only today, but on WordWise, launching Sunday morning at 9.30 on our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ. We've been sitting down with Head Pastor Rich Blum and Assistant Pastor Chuck Baxter of Bethel Community Church in Washougal, Washington. You can find out more about the church at their website, BethelCommunityChurch.org. They're also on Facebook at Bethel Community Church. And gentlemen, thanks so much for coming in today in our last minute. Is there someone else you'd like to say hi to, send a shout out to, or thank? (laughs) Well, just anybody at Bethel Community Church who might be out there, I appreciate everything you've done for us uh, and the kingdom of God. Just uh, love you all. Yeah, I think uh, unity in the church is a blessing. And anytime you're in a church... We're people. We're imperfect in many ways. But anytime you're in a church where unity is there and God tells us to promote that, uh, and praise God you can be about the ministry. And so we got a long way to go at Bethel, but uh, there's unity there and God's at work. So praise God. Well, thanks so much for coming in from Washougal, Washington, Bethel Community Church. We had Assistant Pastor Chuck Baxter and Head Pastor Rich Blum, who will be the host of WordWise, a brand new radio ministry. It begins Sunday morning at 9.30 on our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ. That's WordWise on 93.9 KPDQ. Sunday mornings at 9.30. And thanks so much for joining us right here on Difference Makers on True Talk 800.